0: to how's it going everybody welcome to episode 12 of the naked time podcast we have a very very special guest with us live texara yeah. i i'm so glad i got her name right um she is a person i actually came across on social media tiktok as a matter of fact uh she's a live coach She got a lot of things going for her so miss live if you could introduce yourself tell the people a little bit about you
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, TikTok. Who would have thought? But I absolutely love it. Um, My name's Liv. Like you said, I'm originally from the East Coast. I've lived a few years in LA. I love both. Um, and I'm a life coach. I work with people on the relationships that they have with themselves or their significant other. I help people with their careers, their business plans, all of those things. At the end of the day, I'm really just I consider myself somebody that helps people figure out the why to their questions, and I help them create new perspectives that are conducive to the goals that they want.
0: And that that's super awesome. Also, uh, by the way, you are like the second guest I believe that uh, has been on the podcast that I've haven't met like personally. I had. These four gentlemen who were uh, prior like a uh, service in the Air Force, they're rowing across the Atlantic Ocean like in support of like mental health, it's like no on like way. a row on like a rowboat. Like yeah, what are
1: they like doing for food?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's like one of those like it's like a twenty-eight footer. They have like like MREs, like um, you know, like sealed meals and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting talking to them and they came across my podcast I don't know how like I said it's not like I have a big following or whatnot but um yeah so you are the second guest that um I've been able to talk to who I'm still meeting as we do this and I think that's so awesome to be able to do that um but yeah let's jump right into it because you got a lot of a lot of good topics that that I followed, and the initial video that like I saw that I was like, "Oh, this person's pretty, pretty awesome. They have great content." Was your video about confidence?
1: Oh, and how, okay. yeah.
0: And how that is that is something that needs to be practiced and um, exercised on the day to day or as much as you can. Can you tell the people out there when when you hear the word confidence and basically elaborate on that video that I that I stopped on? To uh, explain what that means to you.
1: Yeah. So confidence is one of those things that people think they either have it or they don't. And I, I think that it's a little more simple than that. I don't think that it's you have it or you don't. I think that you were probably born with a certain amount and then your childhood, your upbringing gave you a certain amount. But as an adult, I think the most important thing that we can do is take responsibility of all of the things in our life, take control of our relationships, our finances, our career, our self-image, all of the things that make us us, all the things that make us happy. And I don't think that confidence is the exception. So I look at confidence really similarly to how anybody would look at anything in regards to like the gym, where it's like, If you're working day in and day out and you're putting good things into your body and you're showing up consistently, you're going to the gym, you're strengthening muscles, you're doing something that builds that muscle every single day, it's going to get better. And the more that you do it, the more that it compounds. So it creates an even bigger result. And I believe that confidence is the exact same way. If you do not work it, it will not get stronger. But if you make daily attempts at being more of the person that you want to be, that is what's going to build that confidence. And that confidence is only going to grow and compound over time.
0: I I love that answer so much. And just to give you a little backstory about myself. um, And one reason why I did stop on the video too, because I was like that, I just related to it so much because I knew it was so true because Um. You know, people that, that meet me now, they're like, oh, yeah, he's pretty confident. You know what I mean? He he's uh, has a lot of confidence in, in himself. He's very self-aware. He knows who he is, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, that is like a process of, like you said, exactly like you said, my upbringing. Because I come from like a big football town, I guess. And uh, they kind of breathe you when you're young. Like, oh, this is like, you know, they, they start us out young and like they They put a lot of money, a lot of resources into us as we get into high school, whatnot. But I remember being in a middle school. It was the start of middle school. And they had 100 kids out there, right? Uh, Because you go from elementary school to middle school. So it's like, well, we're having tryouts. Who wants to be here for football and for athletics and who doesn't? And obviously, you have standouts. And I happen to have been one of like, you know, the few standouts as far as um, athletically at that age. And um, I remember the coach, it was probably on the third or fourth day because they're they're screaming at us, you know, telling us what to do. They're running us to death. Everyone's tired just to rule out all the weak ones that don't really want to be there. And I remember on day three or four, granted, I was a very shy kid. I was so shy. I was the shyest kid I knew. Right. And they were like, hey, Adams, you know, Nick, you need to come up to the front and lead the stretches. And I was like, I thought I was going to like sink into the, into the grass. Like I was so nervous. Right. Mm -hmm. And out of pure like fear, I kind of remembered them and I did it, but it was the most uncomfortable thing I think I've ever done. And then as as the years went on and then obviously you get into high school, like like I said, everybody knew everybody. Uh, Football was very important. Uh, All the high school teams were in the paper, all this stuff. So it, it became real. It was like a lot of pressure. But by that time, that practice, like you said, had been exercised so much that going into my adult life, I learned that I had to do it, but I never put words to it like like you did when I saw your video I had just always been like oh this is an opportunity to practice you know my confidence or this is an opportunity to make myself feel uncomfortable so I had to do this.
1: Do you think there was ever like a big aha moment that really made you switch it or do you think that it was just these little moments along the way that added up?
0: I think I think there was so so there definitely was. So it was it was little by little, but it was subconsciously. So I didn't know it was happening. I want to say when I was a junior in high school, um, and I I was playing I was playing football, and you know the sport is naturally like ah everyone's like you know what I mean like like getting up like my teammates were getting excited all this stuff, and I remember I would sit there before games and like just like be calm mm-hmm. and. And in the past, it had been, I had, I had been calm for other reasons, like, like to calm my nerves, right? But my junior year, it had snapped, I want to say the first game uh, of that year, because it wasn't about calming my nerves. It was about using them to to perform better. And obviously, that was a sport. But in my adult life that transcribed to like, you know, being a better public speaker when I'm, when I'm doing briefings or, you know what I mean? Being able to be a better people person when I need, um, networking or whatever the case may be. So you can always transcribe that into many different things, but there was, there was definitely a time where I was more aware, Mm -hmm. but then, but then I would say once I got into my adult life, like, and I was joined the Air Force, then there was other times where it, it, it clicked again and clicked again. And then I think just yeah. that awareness, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a ever, like, it's everlasting, basically, you know, yeah. like you said, you only continue to get better and better and better.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that it's so good, too, that you explain, like, where it started, where you were nervous, just to lead a stretching session because you're like, oh, like everybody has that innate fear and that nervousness and that second guessing of themselves. It's just, how do you redirect that energy? How do you deal with those feelings when it does come up? Because it's fine to be nervous. It's fine to be scared. It's fine to not be confident for any situation, for any reason. But at the end of the day, the goal is to become more confident, just like it would be to progress in your football career, just like it would be to progress in the gym or your regular like career in life. All of those things take time and effort to get better at. But if you stop doing it all, all together, you're not going to get any better. You're going to go backwards, if anything. So it's like that consistent pursuit of like, okay, this is a challenge. This is uncomfortable. Let's face it. This is another challenge. This is another issue. Let's face it. Let's face it. Let's face it. Like, after you do that so much, it really does just become your automatic program. That's how you handle conflict. It's how you handle issues. It's how you, like, handle any kind of insecurity or self-doubt or any of those things. It's like, okay, let's handle it. Like, let's face this head on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that. So another another thing too that I wanted to get your take on and just elaborate because I think uh I think this is uh, I wouldn't say this is something I struggle with, but it's definitely something that I hadn't said said out loud, right? Because obviously, I believe you know our biggest our biggest strength and our biggest um, weaknesses is, is what's between the ears, right? Our own head, and. Um, one of your videos too, you're talking about being married to ideas and how in life you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's another thing I think, especially with men in particular, but it happens to everybody, uh, they they struggle with uh, because being married to idea as, oh, I got to be a provider. This is the way, you know, I need to be financially stable or this is the way I need to, you know, I mean, pave the way for whatever the case may be. Uh, I just want your take to uh, elaborate again on being married to ideas and how that it's okay not to be.
1: Yeah. So I think the, when you really look at life, like you're the only person that you're really doing your whole life with, you know, you have your mother and your father, you may have siblings, you may have lifelong friends, you may have a lifelong partner But at the end of the day, you're the only person that you're going to go to sleep with every day, that you're going to wake up with every morning, that you're going to eat every meal with. Like you are the only person that you are going to share your entire life with. You want it to be as positive as it can. You want that relationship with you to be incredible. And I think one of the most important things that we can all do for ourselves as individuals is get to know ourselves know what's important to us, know what matters, know what like pulls at your heart, know what pushes you away from things. Like what is most important for you in this lifetime? What matters to you? And I say that first because I think men have different roles in society than women do. And they're both very pressured in very different ways and vastly different Mm ways. But You know, they're pressured to be this ideal man or this ideal woman or whatever the case may be. And I think the biggest thing there is saying, like, I don't need to be this stereotypical ideal man or woman. What does that actually mean to me? What does it mean for me to be the best version of myself? What role, like, whether it's like you being a husband to somebody, you being a business owner, you being an employee, you being just an individual. What is it that you really want in those roles? How do you want those roles to look? Which is why my favorite fucking question of all time is why like, Mm -hmm. Oh, there's this, you know, like you said, like, Oh, like men have to be a provider. Well, why, how does that play a role in your life? Where does that play a role? Why is that important to you? And also how being a provider can be a million different things, There's a million different ways you can provide for yourself. You can provide for your wife, your children, your family, your partner, your friends, anyone. There's a million different ways that you can provide. You have to decide. And this comes from like, like you said before, like you really know yourself. That's really good. Don't, don't skip out on that piece of like getting to know yourself and be like, why am I like this? Why do I have friends that are like this, that challenge me in this way. Why do I admire and look up to these types of people? Usually the people that we admire have some kind of quality or characteristic or character, like the way that they carry themselves, their integrity. They have similar things in them that we see in ourselves. They're an inspiration for a reason beyond their words or their actions. It's something about who they are. And I think that the more we can all question ourselves and be like, Why am I the way that I am? Why is this important to me? Why does this matter? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want my role to be? What's an ideal relationship, an ideal career, ideal lifestyle for me? Because the coolest thing that you can do is live a life that is solely designed for you. Not all the other people, not the approval of people, not the pleasing and satisfaction of family and friends and society and any of those things. It's like, what really matters to you as an individual. And you're going to get there by asking yourself why asking yourself those questions of like, why is this important to me? How do I want this to look in my life? And then also not being judgmental. I think that's a huge piece of it. It's like, one is self-awareness. Two is asking yourself a million questions. Just keep getting to a deeper level, a deeper reason, a deeper meaning. And three, like the very last part of that is, just letting whatever comes up, comes up, it's fine. Like whatever your truest answers are, those are your truest answers. That's who you are. It's what you want out of life. It's what's important to you. And the sooner that we get to accept ourselves and those answers, the easier it is to actually find people and places and things and careers that really align with all of the things that we want.
0: No, I I I love that answer so much. And you talked about the three things that you need. As far as awareness, the judgmental and um when when you talk about being able to sit with yourself, right, and not lie to yourself. I think that's a it's a big like it's a yeah. big generational problem, you know what I mean, yeah. that 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 we have and what the downfall to that is, right, is you become less self aware. Yeah. Like and I learned that like the whole sports thing too because when we would do bad it's like it's going on the news like this was weekly this wasn't like yeah
1: and that's a lot of pressure for a young kid as well like it's a lot of pressure for a fully fledged adult never mind a kid your kid in high school
0: for sure and and you'd have to sit there and it wasn't just me there was a bunch of people from the other high school and, and and the towns around us that this culture had built and um what ended up happening is you know, you you finish a game and you know it's gonna come out on the paper, you know it's gonna be on the news, and and you sit there with yourself and there was no there was no running from it, right?
1: It's-
0: and it was I don't think I don't think it's anything that uh, a teenager should have to go through, but it helped me so much as an adult now because when I make mistakes or when I felt like I should do better, or if I'm not asking myself why or if, something is missing. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and look myself in the mirror and not lie to myself because you shouldn't be able to lie to yourself, but sometimes people, their voice that says, Hey, you can do this better. Or you, or you have more potential, whatever the case may be. They just try to turn that down. Yeah. And, and then once, once you start, then, like you said, it becomes a habit and you exercise turning down lying to yourself and then you miss out on a lot of potential you have not only just as a as an individual but just as like a friend as a you know what I mean as a partner or or a family member whatever the case may be so I definitely hear you and uh Mm
1: -hmm. I uh, agree though I think that was probably a good that was like a really awesome obviously it was hard to hear that it's it's criticism but it's hard to hear sometimes but you just go you know what that wasn't my best game. And that was the truth. And I could yeah. sit here and I could have people feel sorry for me. And I could feel sorry for myself. And I could be like, you know, it wasn't that bad, but it almost feels better to just be like, that was terrible. And I have better in me and I'll do better next time. Like that feels better. Cause it feels like you have real control versus, oh, it wasn't that bad. And you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't like, no recognize the wrong for what it was it wasn't your best it was wrong it was wrong thing to do it was wrong thing to say it was the wrong thing to pursue whatever the case may be then you're able to move on way faster than if you were sitting there lying to yourself
0: for sure and and even even if you did your bet your absolute best right let's say you did your absolute best and then like it was somebody else xyz that also teaches you like hey like that's life too you know what I mean sometimes you're gonna give it your absolute best and sometimes your best is not enough which is okay you know what I mean like and it's
1: expected like we live in a world where it's like you can be anything and you can do anything and I believe those things if you work towards them and and putting the time and the effort but there are also certain things that are just not possible and like there's nothing wrong with that too there's nothing wrong with trying to go for something and it not working out and you saying. Do we quit while we're ahead or do we like double down? Like, do we fix the problems? Do we weed out the issues? Do we look ourselves in the face and say like, this is how you need to be better? Like, those are the only two options when you're really going for something.
0: For sure. For sure. So I kind of want to uh, swing into the whole uh, relationship advice um, topic, because I think I think one thing, and this is me personally, I, I definitely am human by all means, and I'm not perfect, and I, I try to strive to be better, uh, each and every day, but I think one thing I've struggled with, um, and I think, uh, many people do, uh, with people our ages, I am very aware of myself, and, like, I, I, I try to, like, project that out, like, I know who I am, I know, uh, my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I know what, where I'm trying to go, um and and i'm naturally pretty confident and i think a lot of people can be intimidated by that and i wanted your take on i guess what do you think the most even though there's a lot what do you think the most important um advice you could give somebody in their 20s about uh relationships
1: honestly it sounds a little cliche but i would say date yourself first Whether you're in a relationship with somebody, whether you're so single it hurts, whether you're somewhere in between the two, one of the best things that you can do is date yourself. You know, I think sometimes just like the career and the amount of money that would make you finally happy. I think so many people put pressure on a relationship being this source of love and happiness. And when it's the right fit, it really is. It's a beautiful thing. But until that point, you can't just put your happiness towards the back burner and think like, oh, I won't be happy until this person comes into my life. So the best advice, especially for 20 year olds, whether you're in a relationship, out of a relationship, single, nowhere, somewhere in between is like date yourself, make your life what you want your life to be, have the experiences that you want to have, create a version of yourself that's going to align with this person that you're trying to have come into your life.
0: For sure. Uh, and that, and that, and that's, that's great advice. And fortunately for me, when I joined the air force, I was kind of forced to, cause I, I was overseas and every year, I moved every year for the last six years, wow. I think. Yeah. So I I've moved five times in the past six years and that's not normal for most people in the military. Usually they stay somewhere every two to three years and they're moving somewhere else. But my situation was just a little bit, uh, one of those like rare cases, um, compared to most people. And I didn't, you know, I, I tried, I tried to make connections and I tried you know, to, um, not necessarily like settle down because I knew I was moving all the time, but I tried to build bonds, you know, me with people at, I thought that um, I could see potential with down the line or whatnot. And unfortunately, those a lot of those did not work out. But still, you know, uh, part of the process of all those people that came in and out of my life are still great people. So mm-hmm. when you talk about dating yourself, when one person is finally ready, you know what I mean? They're, they're okay with being on their own. They uh, are focusing on themselves. I know naturally, right, somebody um you know they say well it, it will find you but what if what if uh do you think there's anything a person should be doing once they get in that position of like I'm okay with myself etc cetera, etc cetera, to like oh or maybe I can take into inch- steps towards you know trying to get in the dating space or or find yeah. a good person
1: honestly I I talk to a lot of women and men. So I feel like I have a little bit of both sides. Yeah. And like, sometimes you just can't be scared to actually put yourself out there. It doesn't matter whether it's like walking up to a girl at a bar, giving someone your phone number, letting someone know that you're actually interested in getting to know them. Like we do live in a world where there's a lot of communication behind a screen and you miss a little of the, confidence kind of, because it's Mm -hmm. easier to say something behind a screen and then walk away from your phone or just really not think too much about it. But in real life, I think that any relationship requires a level of vulnerability. And when you're vulnerable with somebody, whether you're a man or a woman, it's not so much about being scared about how that person takes it and how that person reacts as it is of knowing at your core that you did what was the most honorable thing to do for yourself, which is explain to someone how you feel, what you think, what you want. And if you're able to do that, then you did all that you needed to do in a situation. And there's nothing more to worry about, but I think that, and I think it's natural. I think this is natural. I don't think that, uh, being scared of vulnerability is like a new age thing. I just think everybody has some level of fear of rejection and not being wanted and not being the person or something, not working out in some way. And it's yeah. like, that's fine, but what's your outcome? What's your goal? If you like somebody, I think the best way to handle that is probably to let them know in some yeah. way or another. <laughs> and that little bit of vulnerability, that little bit of putting yourself out there. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or who you date, that little bit of putting yourself out there is just confirmation to yourself that like, I'm gonna have integrity with my feelings. I'm gonna have integrity with the people that I wanna be with. I'm gonna have integrity in any way, shape and form that I can. And it's not about being like fearful of what the outcome is because there's no fear. There's zero fear. You're like, if I said how I feel, if I said something that's on my mind and it's not received well, then it's just not receivable. That's just not the person for me. And if they're in a place where they can't like emotionally compute their own stuff, their own issues, then that may not be the person you want to be with anyways. And I think that it's so funny because there's all this advice about relationships and whatnot, but you really do have to sit there and like take a good look at yourself and be like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I be better? How can I provide the things for others that I want as well? Like, how can I be a good partner? Sometimes we're so worried about the other person that we don't sit there and look at ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, I think too, just to, you know, piggyback off off what you just said, because, and I'm only talking about myself because I only know you know what I know when it comes to myself and my uh, past experiences, when it comes to trying to find a connection. I think one thing, like I said, back to that struggle is I'm such aware of who I am. So naturally I am a very vulnerable person. And I, I let people know like off, off the gate, like, you know, I'm just very, very forward. I, I don't try to, and it, especially as a man too, like that could be like you now kind of like, oh, wait, what? Like, why are you like? Why are you so upfront, honest? Why are you so like? This is who I am, et cetera. Et cetera.